What's going on, man? It's your boy, Jay Holly, and we are back with another episode of Unfiltered with Jesse Holly, episode 41. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You are all far too kind. You could have been anywhere in the world, but I am so glad you are here with me. You know what you got to do. Like, subscribe, tell a friend to tell a friend, Spotify, Apple, YouTube, hit the notification buttons, uh, 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 leave a comment on there, holler at me on social medias, Facebook, Instagram, uh, Twitter at Mr. Fourth and Long. See the clips page, man, and just 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 flood the market, man. Flood the market with unfilter all day, every day. I am Jesse Holly, the sports talk equivalent of Braille. People feel me when I speak. You guys know how I like to get down. I like to give my positivity in the beginning because let's be honest. Most of you won't be here to the end. And that's okay. I am not for everybody. But before you go, I challenged you. I asked you. I plead with you. I beg you. Three episodes. Give me an opportunity. Three episodes. When you see this, 41 episodes will be out. Pick three. Listen to those three episodes. Fifteen, At least 15 minutes apiece. If at the end of the day, after those three episodes, if you have not enjoyed thoroughly enjoyed your time with unfiltered with jesse holly find three more <laughs> and keep listening until you fall in love with me all right all right so uh let's get this thing jumping man so we can get into this show we got a really good show today i believe um we're gonna do some recap some college stuff some nba stuff um we're gonna question the culture a little bit well, question the culture a little bit. Before we get into that, but uh, here's what I got for you guys today on a motivational piece. Private disciplines lead to public results. Private disciplines lead to public results. We live in this social media age where it's flopped. People want publicly to to show the results without putting in the work privately the old saying is whatever done in the dark will come to light well i hope whatever comes to light was done in the right way in the dark rick ross said you wasn't with me shooting in the gym i see a lot of kids going out there playing basketball and they start shooting from 30 feet away and like i'm steph and I said, you don't spend enough time privately when no one else is watching, putting up thousands of shots to be close to Steph. See, a lot of us, we want our public results to be so great, but we lack the private discipline. We lack the ability to lock in when no one's watching. See, it's easy when someone's looking over your shoulder or everyone's watching. That, that's the easy part. It's when you're by yourself. It's when you're tired. It's when your week has been long. Your days have been long. Your month has been long. And you don't want to get up out the bed. You don't want to. I'm going to be honest with y'all. And I, I enjoy thoroughly coming in here doing Unfiltered with Jesse Holly. When y'all see this, it'll be, it'll be late Friday night or early Saturday morning. I am tired. <laughs> I am tired. It has been a long week. We had Thursday night football. I did a pre-halftime and post-game show. I do three or four shows a day. 
I'm tired. But I could have easily said, oh, no show today. We'll do it another day. But there is a discipline that has to be there. There is a willingness because if I want unfiltered to be great, I can't want to do unfiltered when I'm feeling good. I can't want unfiltered to be publicly great when privately I don't put in the work. I don't study. I don't watch the film. I don't watch the games. I don't read the full reports. I don't get the information. I don't put myself in a position where my eyes are tired. When it's easy to sit on a fat part of my butt and kick my feet up and do nothing. See, that, that's the private discipline that we must have so that I can come before you publicly and give you the goods. If you're not willing to do whatever it is you need to do in private, the disciplines, to have the disciplines day in and day out. I said this a while ago. How you do anything is how you do everything. If you have a anything, you're going to have a everything. And the results will show. And then you'll say, well, I don't get an opportunity. I don't get a chance to ever do it. You ain't disciplined enough. You ain't disciplined enough when ain't nobody watching. You were the person when coach said, touch the line. And your foot was this close, this far away from the line. See, you weren't the person that was willing to say, you know what, coach said, touch the line. In football, you'll hear coaches say, finish to the end zone. The great Jerry Rice, who when Deion Sanders talks about, hey, there should be a Hall of Fame, but inside the Hall of Fame, there needs to be another room with the, with the game changes. The great Jerry Rice, every single day in practice, if he caught a slant route, he ran to the end zone. If the end zone was 50 yards away, 90 yards away, 10 yards away, he finished in practice. Tom Brady, I told you guys this story before. Tom Brady had won multiple MVPs, had won some Super Bowls. I found myself in New England, and every single day, Tom Brady, when practice was over, he, he was already halfway to GOAT status. When practice was over, he watched his dropbacks. Not the whole practice, just his dropbacks. He wanted to make sure that, hey, when I pass the ball to the right-hand side of the field, I want to make sure that my head looked the safety off to the left. I want to make sure when I handed the ball off that I carried out my fake out the opposite end. So that in the game, it became routine. If you don't have the private disciplines, the public results will be crap. You got to develop the private discipline. You got to develop when it's cold outside getting up and going to the gym. You got you to gotta say, you know what? I know nobody's ain't looking, so I'm going to eat this sugar that I ain't supposed to have. But then you wonder why that belly won't go down. You wonder why you don't fit. I'm talking to you now. Now, if somebody's going to watch this, I'm going to be like, dang, yeah, who telling? I'm talking to you. I'm talking to you. You got to have the private discipline in order to have the public results. And, and even, and even to, to add on to that, sometimes you need to work in silence. You ain't got to tell everybody your plan. Because some people don't give a damn about it. And all they want to do is see it fail.
Sometimes you need to work. You need to have a work discipline. We say, I'm going to do this in silence with my people, with my group, by my, however you do it. And then publicly let the work show. You ain't got to always put everything out there. The work going to show. When they looking around, they're like, man, how so-and-so got this? How so-and-so got that? They see that publicly, but they don't see the grind that you put in privately. Are you willing to do it? Don't know. Question you got to ask yourself. If you aren't, publicly, we're going to find out about it. All right, man, let's get into this show. The Cowboys defeat the Seattle Seahawks 41-35. to And boy, I got to tell you. I thoroughly enjoyed this football game. As a football fan, as a fan of greatness, as a fan of the sport, the, the sport that changed my life, the sport that I so love, I thoroughly enjoyed this game. And, and, and I found myself... And even though I am a cowboy, I keep telling people I'm not a cowboy fan. I am a cowboy. I'm not a Tar Heel fan. I am a Tar Heel. It's a difference. But even though I had a rooting interest in the Dallas Cowboys, I, as a football fan, enjoyed this. You got a chance to see some, some, some greatness on both sides. On the Seahawks, on the Cowboys. And I love the purity of the game. I love when the fact that you can watch a specimen like DJ Metcalf hit 23 miles an hour on a, on, on, on a, on a, on a, on an in route that he took to the house. I love uh, on the throws that Dak Prescott was making. I love the chippiness. I, I just loved the football game. It was a back and forth game. It was a battle. It was like, I'm a score. You're going to have to answer my score. You're going to score. I'm going to have to answer your score. Things go wrong. Things go right. Like we're going to just keep battling back and forth at its highest level. I love this game. Oh, I, oh, I loved it. I loved it. And Dak Prescott, he is playing some of the best, best, I get that catch me every time. He's playing in my mind. He's playing some of the best, the best brand of football he's ever played. I have been around covering this team since the day he got here. At no point in time in his career has he's played a brand of football better than what he is playing right now. He is dealing. He is hooping. He is on a heater. You see the relationship. Between he and Mike McCarthy, and this is a thing, when your offensive coordinator, your play caller, and your quarterback, when they are in such sync that you can see visibly, you see the confidence in which Dak is playing with, and then to match and meet the levels of which they were fought with. Seattle came in here and said, you know what? We're a good team too. And I told you guys this early in the week. I said, man... I know what Seattle's record says. It's a good bunch. And if you don't bring your A game, you can't just roll the football out here and think it's just going to work. It's a good bunch. And they had a damn good game plan. And Geno Smith, I told y'all during the week, if good Geno shows up, go have yourself a football game. 
Good Geno showed up in the tune of 334 yards and three touchdowns. He had the interception. But you talk about you talk about two players that were dealing. I mean, there were one point in time for the Seahawks where they're, they're, they had four or five scoring drives in a row. It was like touchdown. I think it was like touchdown, field goal, touchdown, 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 missed field goal, something like that. It was like they were just going back and forth. And you got a chance to see just awesomeness at a level, at the highest level. CeeDee Lamb, Brandon Cooks, Tyler Lockett, Jackson Smith and Jigba. I mean, you saw it. And what I loved about for the Dallas Cowboys was, let's be honest, the defense didn't show up. They, they made some plays, but boy, Micah and company, they didn't look good. I hoot and hollered and, and stood on the table and, 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 and patted myself on the back for Deron Bland. Got cooked. Hibachi. You ever see that meme that uh, uh, that dude? Uh, I think it's a girl. It's, it's a couple of memes. Well, they well, they cooking in that wok, and they and they and they they got that that wok is this big. And they that was Deron Bland. He got put in a blender. Welcome to the NFL. It happens to the best of them. Every day ain't gonna be your day. But I love the fact, even with Deron Bland, in the midst of him getting cooked, you got two options, young young man. You got two options. In the midst of you getting cooked, you can hang your head, woe is me, drag your feet, and let the cooking immense. And let the cooking continue. And continue to go outside and get switches for them to whoop you with. But he locked in. And he made a play. He made an interception. Was it his greatest night out there? Nope. What I did see from him was fight. He ain't hang his head. He ain't stop playing. He ain't look to go hide in the blue tent. He didn't fall down and have loser limp. He fought through it. Got worked, nonetheless. Got, got his, got his butt toe up. And it almost looked intentional. It almost was like Seattle was like him. 26. That's who we're going after. And I even love the fact that halftime, they go in. Dan Quinn gets with his DBs, Al Harris, uh, coach, DB coach. He gets with Al Harris, and they get the DBs together, and they go, all right, Stephon Gilmore, switch. You go, you go guard. DK Metcalf, you go play the right side. Yeah, I know that you're a left corner, but you're going to go play the right corner. You're going to shadow him. Deron Blank, go play the left corner. Not having the right mindset, guys will pout. Oh, man, coach, you, you you playing me. Why you taking me from that side? I know I'm having a bad day. I can't. I don't play the left side. I'm a right corner. They just went out there and did it. And it was, it was if this is best for the team, I'll do it. In the midst of it right now, it may, and I may not even like it, 
But I'm going to do it, and I'm going to do it happily, and I'm going to still work my tail off because this is what's best for the team right now. And they did it. And it, and it says something about a guy. Both of those guys can switch sides and go play a different side of the ball they're not used to playing and still have success. Shout out to the Seahawks. They showed up and had a great plan. Had a great plan. But I just love the fact that this was one of those games where it was a back-and-forth game. A lot of penalties. A lot of penalties. And those can hurt you. Hurt the Cowboys, hurt the Seahawks. And that worries me a little bit. It worries me because as the competition stiffens, as the competition gets better and better and better, the margin for error lessens and lessens and lessens. And you can't go out there and have 10 penalties for over 100 yards. There were 19 penalties in that game. 10 by one, 9 by the other. 257 total yards of penalties. They ain't even counting the ones that got declined. For both teams. And the Cowboys and Seattle came in here as the, as the two most penalized teams in the league. And when you don't have that discipline, it can cost you at times. And as the competition gets better, when the quarterbacks get better than Geno Smith, they don't throw that interception that De'Ron Bland got. Maybe, maybe not. But history says that they don't. And they go down and they score that point. Or that when you give them the ball back with that much time, they go down there and make the plays because their level is better. Their skill set is better. So those things have to be cleaned up by the Cowboys. But I was just thoroughly impressed. Thoroughly impressed by the fight. It, when, you, when you want to talk about quarterback, because this is a quarterback-driven league. They are the highest-paid players for a reason. You want to know what a good team is? How good they quarterback playing. And if you want to find yourself in the category of elite, I, I personally have, um, I guess, a, a rubric of, I think, really good coaches to elite coaches. Elite coaches can win you two to maybe three games a year. By just calling and pulling the right strings in the game, an elite coach can win you through two or three games a year. The elite ones. Putting together the game plan, pulling the right strings at the time of the game, calling the right plays in the time of the game, proper game management. But an elite quarterback should be able to win you three or four games in that year with the game on their back. When, when your defense hadn't shown up and that defense looked tired, it looked wore out. It looked a step slow. It looked lethargic. And I get it. It was the third game. It was the tail end of the three-game gauntlet in 12 days. And how people are going to say, but they got 10 days off. No, they don't have 10 days off. They don't. They got three. They'll have this weekend off, and they'll be back Monday getting ready for Philadelphia, which means practice. So you don't have time off. You're back at practice. You're back doing what got you to that point you know, of fatigue. 
But this team, this defense was on the third game in 12 days, and it, it, it looked like it. And neither the type of games where you go into and you says, listen, guys, that's a good team over there. And this isn't, this isn't a game like where you're going to get style. This ain't college. You ain't getting style points. This is one of those games you say, we got to get out of here with the dub, however that looks. Get to the bye, get to some rest, get to some, re- some rehabilitation, get to some relaxation, get to some rejuvenation. If it's one point, figure out a way. Figure out a way. And the Cowboys figured out a way. And boy, was I, was I impressed. I, I, I enjoyed that game as a, as a fan of football, as a fan of superior skill sets. And then in the moments when you needed it the most, the players who are on the ticket stubs, who are lined down the streets on the billboards, headed to your stadium, who are on the marquees, who are on the, 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 the TV's fixtures when they're talking about your team, who make the big bucks in the moments when you needed them the most. Big-time players make big-time plays in big-time games. Could you come up with the plays? Critical fourth down, Seattle's going for it. One of the most consistent players on that team, Tank Lawrence, wins his battle, stops him. Multiple times. Critical fourth down again, late in the game. I don't know why Seattle thought the play that they should run would be an unblock. I know what play they were trying to run, but I don't know why you even put that play in. As a, uh, we're not going to block the fastest player on defense and not block Michael Parsons. Ball snaps. He shot out of there like a cannon. He gets to the quarterback in 1.4 seconds. Game. Jordan Lewis making two big-time stops when you needed them. On the opposite end, the quarterback was dealing. Jake Ferguson making plays. CD making plays. Cooks make. I mean, it was just... Back and forth, back and forth. But when you needed it the most, when you needed to make a play, and to me, that, that's not luck. That's when preparation, that's when the private discipline, that's when the preparation meets the public opportunity. That, that's success. And you saw it. And I'm, if, if I'm being 100% honest with y'all, and I always will be because this is who I am, and this is unfiltered, a part of me, and if you're being honest with yourself, a part of you too, if you're, if you're a Cowboy fan, a part of you was like, here's where we lose it. Here's where we lose it. We've seen these heartbreaks happen. Games kind of back and forth. Defensively, we're not stopping anybody. We're undisciplined on offense. We have some holding penalties. We have some penalties that happen. You know, it's not looking good all the way around. But 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 you see the greatness kind of shining through. Guys are stepping up, having great days. CeeDee Lamb is 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 cooking. And I thought to myself, here's one of those games where we go back and we go, 
we let them off the hook. But they didn't. And that, to me, is a step in the right direction. We've gotten spoiled a little bit as watchers of the Dallas Cowboys. For those of you who are fans of the Dallas Cowboys, there's been a level of, of, of spoiledness because you've watched your team six or seven times out of this season, out of 12 games so far, be resting their starters in the fourth quarter. So you're expecting a blowout. If the team that they're playing is not named San Francisco, is not named Philadelphia, you expect them to be up 20 points at halftime and you're cruising and grooving in the third and fourth quarters. That ain't reality. That is not reality in the National Football League. For any team, you'll have some blowouts. Yeah, sure, they happen. But overall, it's usually a one-score game, eight, I mean like seven or nine or ten points. It's usually one or two-score games. It's close. It's close. And I've been around long enough to see the Cowboys lose a fair share of those. But I feel like this team is peaking. You want to start seeing your team do this in December. I feel like the Cowboys are doing this in December. Now, next week's big. And we'll talk about next week, but next week's big. But this, I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed this. I did. I did, man. And, and, and Dak, he, he, was, he was rolling. And, and this gives me, this gives me it, it gave me great joy to watch. Like, I, I remember driving home from after doing my, pre, uh, my, my post-game show, uh, which I'll be doing at walk-ons every single Cowboys game in Arlington. Feel free if you're in the area, the DFW area. Arlington's on 20, on Highway 20. Come on out. But I was driving home happy for the win, but elated that I just saw a brand of football that I, 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 saw, some, I, I saw some ball being played. I saw some football being played. And if you're a lover of the sport, I'm a lover of the sport. I love greatness. Even if it's not for my team. I love, I love if what you do, you do at a high level, sign me up. I want to watch. And I saw that. And I remember driving home and I just kind of was like, damn. I love this sport. I love this. Uh, this that that makes you football horny like that 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 was some good stuff right there, man. Back and forth, back and forth, throwing haymakers, boom, boom, and they just answering and responding, getting knocked down, getting up, getting knocked down. And get, I mean, it, it looked like one of those old school boxing matches. Just we gonna stand there and slug it out. And the last man standing wins. Who can make the play? Boy, it was a, it was a, it was a good football game, man. The Cowboys now going to a mini bye. Uh, the team has Friday, Saturday, and Sunday off. They'll get back at it on Monday. And of course, the the competition only continues to get this this next four or five weeks. It it, it only gets it only gets tougher. Philadelphia coming up. You have Philadelphia at home. The Cowboys have been rolling at home. 14 wins at home, the second longest win streak in NFL history going at home. They're averaging f over 40 points at home. 
before the Seahawks game, they was winning uh, by an average margin of like 22 points a game. Of course, that number comes down because they only won by six this time around. But the Cowboys have found a, a, a groove, a system at home. Philadelphia, who has a big matchup, a big matchup against one of my favorite teams. And I, don't, I know I shouldn't say that publicly, but shoot. I don't think it's somebody that can beat this, uh, the Niners. I don't. Tell you, I don't. I don't, bro. That team, if whole and healthy, <laughs> like that. Offensively and defensively. They like that. The Niners will take on Philadelphia this Sunday. And then after that game, they got to come on down to, to AT&T. Big matchup for the Cowboys. If, if their hopes of, of trying to win the division, they did their part. They won their game. Now we see what happens with the Niners and, and, and the Eagles. And then next week, you got to answer the bell again. You got to answer the bell again. Because they're going to continue to say, well, they don't beat anybody. Up to this point, they didn't beat a team this year that was above 500. The Seahawks are now at 6-6. Six and six. At, at the time of the game, they were 6-5. and five. That's the first team that they beat this year that has a record above 500. Well, you now have uh, Philly. Buffalo. Miami. Uh, Washington and the, no, you have Detroit and then Washington. So these next couple games: Philly, Miami, Philly, Buffalo, Miami, Detroit. Yeah. Shoot, yeah. For real, for real. You have to answer the bell, over and over and over again. And in the hopes that when you're done with this, that you are still like like you are you are now in that groove heading into the playoffs. But what a great game last night, man! What an absolute great game! I I, I was I, like I said, I, I was so I was so 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 excited to watch it. And it, I mean, I I can talk on that on that game alone for an hour. I could. I really could. You made the broadcast, right? I did make the broadcast. <laughs> I did. If you were watching the broadcast at the end of the game when they when they interviewed CeeDee Lamb, my tweet that I said, CeeDee Lamb is elite. I said that all year. Go back and watch the clips. I told you I come out of training camp. I said, CeeDee looks different, guys. He, he, he got that man body pause. And he's showing that he belongs in that elite category. So they put me up on, Mama, I made it. It was on national TV. But the Cowboys defeat the Seattle Seahawks 41-35 to move to 9-3. Undefeated at home, man. They rolling at home. Next up on the ledger is the Philadelphia Eagles. It's going to be a fun one. The Cowboys look good. Dak Prescott looked good. And I'll talk more about Dak Prescott in the MVP category later on in the show. But Dak is firmly in the MVP conversation. Firmly. Firmly in there. 
All right, man, let's move around. Let's get these picks for this weekend. So glad the Cowboys are out the way. I got a mini by myself. Don't have to cover a game on Sunday. Don't have to worry about a game on Sunday. I can just sit back, relax, sit on the fat part of my butt, and enjoy football. All right, man, we got uh, Sunday noon games. We got the Colts, Titans. Gardner Minshew will be under center for the Colts. That's some bad football. Golly. <clears throat> they are in the mix, man. Six and five. They're still, they're still hanging around. Give me the Colts over the Titans in Nashville. Chargers, Patriots. I already told y'all. Pack Bill. They got Pack Bill up, man. Like Bill, it, it, I'm sorry, brother. This is it, bro. I don't want to hear nothing about you going to, 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 to no other team. I don't, man. I don't. Just, just fade. Fade away like a Jordan jump shot. Fade away like the one-legged Flamingo Dirk jump shot. And just go fishing. Go to Nantucket. Drink wine. And eat I don't know, avocado toast. You've done enough. I know that you want to chase the, uh, what was it, Don Shula's record for most wins. But boy, man, I, don't, 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 don't start chasing the, the, the wins and tarnish your legacy. Don't go out bad. Just, just, just fade away. Go fishing, maybe pop up in a couple years. But just go away for a little while. Rejuvenate. Go do like Mike McCarthy. Go in the garage and watch some film. Well, they're linking them to the team that they're playing, right? I know. They would talk about going to say, I know. They've already ruined Herbert enough. Because if you go, then you're going to bring Josh McDaniels with you. And we don't know how I feel about Josh McDaniels. Because you're not the type that's going to be like, Hey, you're not going to tell me who to put on my... You know what I'm saying? Like like Jerry did, Mike McCarthy. Like, hey, I'm going to hire you as my head coach, but you're keeping Kellen Moore. Bill's not that kind of coach. Bill's going to be like, listen, I'm going to come in here. I'm calling who I want to call. I'm calling the shots. All of the shots. I want to pick my team. I want to pick my coaches. Just, just, just go to one of your beach houses, the lake houses, and take your shirt off, put your chancalas on, and chill out. You and the dog. Charges over the Patriots in Foxborough. Fighting Dan Campbells. Think they get back to their winning ways. They defeat the New Orleans Saints in New Orleans. Falcons, Jets. Jets are just miserable, bad. So are the Falcons. But give me the Falcons over the Jets. Cardinals, Steelers. I'll take the Steelers. Oh, there we go. Oh, all right, there we go. Dolphins, Commanders. Give me the Dolphins in Landover, Maryland. That's gonna be a fun game for the Cowboys when they get to the Dolphins. They run a lot of they run a lot of cool stuff, man. I, I, when I watch film and I'm I, I got the team that the Cowboys are playing happen to be playing the Miami Dolphins. It always takes me a little bit longer to watch that film because I find myself gazing at the offense of the Miami Dolphins or something like that when I'm not supposed to be looking at their offense because I'm supposed to be looking at something else. 
because uh, they, they run a lot of cool stuff, man. They run a lot of cool stuff. The uh, I gave me the Dolphins over the Commanders. The Broncos in Houston taking on C.J. Stroud and the Houston Texans. I might go to that game. I might go to see. I'm a huge C.J. Stroud fan. But did I pack the Broncos up yet? No, I didn't pack the Broncos up yet. And they didn't pack themselves up. Russ is cooking. They have figured it out. Winners of five in a row. Ooh, that's going to be a good one, man. Two six and five teams who are playing some good football right now. That's a playoff game, man, for those teams. Yeah. But I'm going C.J. Stroud. <laughs> Let's go, young boy. This is your moment right here. Give me the Texans over the Broncos in Houston. Panthers in Bucks. Boy, that's a bad football. Give me the Bucks over the Panthers, Browns, Rams. Uh, Joe Flacco. Oh, smoking Joe Flacco is your starting quarterback for the Cleveland Browns. Can you do it? No. 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 Mm-mm. Not buying it. Not buying it. No. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Give me the Rams over the Browns in California. The game of the afternoon to me, Niners, Eagles in Philadelphia. I hear there's a 77% chance of rain during the game. Rain always is the equalizer. Like, it always is an equalizer because you just never know. Like, rain can always, something that's, that's so routine can be knocked off by somebody slipping so, uh, you know, uh, losing their grip. The ball is loose. It's wet. It's 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 slippery to handle. So if the weather is inclement during this game, it's it's an equalizer. But I cannot come off the fact that I think the 49ers are the most complete team in football. They don't have a weakness. They don't have an area of weakness. Like, honestly, like I can say they do not have an area where you go, they're weak there. It's sus. It's a sus receiving core. Nope. It's a sus offensive line. Nope. Sus running backs. Nope. Court. Nope. Tight end. Nope. Safeties. Nope. Court. Nope. Linebackers. Hell no. Defensive line. Nope. They don't, they, they're not sus anywhere. They don't have a suspect portion of of any part, on any side of the ball, offensive defense and special teams. The Eagles do. The Eagles have a terrible secondary. And the way that Kyle Shanahan and Brock Purdy orchestrate that offense, that Eagles secondary is going to be barbecue chicken. The Niners are favorites on the road. Think about that. A 10-1 team playing at home, the Niners are favorite. Tells you all you need to know. Now, I don't know if that's Vegas trying to get you to chase the bread by putting money the opposite way, but very rarely do you see a team that is leading the division that is 10-1 be an underdog at the crib. Tells you all you need to know about how they believe and feel about the Niners. Give me the Niners over Philly. I, I, I am. I'm, I'm, I'm football horny about the 49ers. I am. 
Sunday night football, the Chiefs. This used to be a good game when Aaron Rodgers was the quarterback. Chiefs, Packers, and Lambeau Field. Give me the Chiefs defeating the Packers. Monday night football, the Bengals and the Jaguars. Another good AFC game right here. Another good AFC game. It's not that I believe in Browning. Jacksonville isn't consistent enough for me. That's the thing, is that they, Trevor Lawrence hasn't been playing a brand of football week in and week out that you say, you know what, they're facing the backup, da 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 You can win the game. He just hasn't been that for me. But I'm going to go at home, the Jacksonville Jaguars defeat the Bengals and go to 9-3 and three on the season, shake things up, and at AFC, put them in that conversation. Bills are off, Bears are off, Raiders are off, Vikings and Giants and Ravens are all on the bye week this week. But those are my picks of the week, and the Cowboys are out the way. Yes. I can watch football in peace. I hope that I picked your team to win. If I didn't, then they should be better. If they're not, then maybe I'll try come come back next week and we'll see, we'll see if I pick them to win. Uh, next week. But that Niners-Eagles game is definitely going to be the game that everyone is, is locked in on. I, I'm, I'm going to be looking to see what the numbers do and how that compares to some of the Cowboy games. You know, Niners-Cowboys, Phillies-Cowboys. If this Niners-Philly game will draw the numbers. I'll be watching. That is for sure. Your boy Jay Holly will be locked in watching, excuse me, watching that game. All right, let's move to college football. Some big conference championships this week. A lot of these teams are led by players that they found in the portal. Friday night, you got Oregon and Washington. Oregon had this quarterback, Bo Nix, who is probably one of, probably arguably the, the, the Heisman front runner right now. If we're being honest, portal guy. Multiple portal guys. He's been in the portal twice, right? I feel like he's been. Just Auburn. Auburn to Oregon. Was he somewhere else before he got to Auburn? I feel like Bonix was somewhere else, but he's a portal guy nonetheless. And this isn't about the conference championship that'll lead to the college football championships. It's Auburn. But this portal thing, it's out of control. Like I, I, I'm going to be honest with you. And I, and I said to you guys a couple of weeks ago, uh, reports were saying that this portal was going to be one that you've never seen before this year. Some very notable names of players moving all around college football. I'm from, I'm from the old era where that if you transfer out of the school and you didn't go down, if you were Division One and you didn't go down to Division One AA or Division Two or Division Three, you had to sit out an entire year before you can play. Now you're able, starting on December 4th, I believe, to enter and uh, to move around in the portal. And the portal just not, it's, it's not just I enter the portal and I go and I move here and there and, th- you know, all these different places. Nah, it's to the highest bidder. 
The portal now has become legalized free agency. Thirty-day window. So December fourth, January second is when you can enter the portal and make a decision. The great thing about the portal is some of these players end up on better teams. You get a chance to see them play against better competition with better teams around them. The the dark side, because for every positive side of something like the portal, there's a very dark side that we won't talk about, that we don't talk about. And what you have to understand is this. There are only so many spots. And so now you have all you have thousands of players in the portal. You have thousands of players that are that are graduating from high school. You have players from the portal that are moving from D1 to D1. You have guys who are in HBCUs and D3s and D2s moving up to D1. And at the end of the day, what ends up happening at times, because sometimes some of these kids get bad information or don't listen to the information that they're given. And because they're a little bit, and I'm not saying that all the kids are soft. A lot of them are. A lot of them are. A lot of them. But some of it is, you know, my, this is a bad situation for me. This isn't, this isn't a good spot for me. I came because I thought it was going to be a good decision. And then when I got here, they had some other guys come in. Some parents forgot, I'm not going to play here. The bad part about the portal is some folks going to be left out. You give up your scholarship because you think there may be a better opportunity for you to go somewhere else. And play right away. And for some of them, it absolutely is. But there'll be a number of them that we won't talk about, that we won't hear about, that have decided to put their names in the portal. And they'll end up like Will Smith in the episode of Fresh Prince. When he was standing there crying in the arms of Uncle Phil saying, why don't he want me? And they won't have a team to go to. And they'll find themselves back at the crib, at community college, at a JUCO, playing flag football to stay in shape. That's the dark side of this. And then now it's become big business. You see, this is this is this is this is my forever beef that I'll have with the NCAA. See, instead of the NCAA doing what's right and putting together the proper plans and things in place where the money could have been controlled a little bit differently and it could have been a little bit more foundation and instructional order in the portal. You were selfish, you were greedy, and then you, f the, 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 the players had to force themselves or force the hand of the laws to get you to relinquish. And now it's to the highest bidder. Nebraska head coach Matt Rule came out, and this was kind of that was kind of Matt Rule kind of letting you see the skeletons in the closet, but also a public plea and a public cry to his donors at Nebraska. See, just like 
in college, just like in the National Football League, if you ain't got no quarterback, you ain't got a chance. This is quarterback-driven. And just like in the National Football League, the highest-paid players are the quarterbacks. It's the same way in college football now. And Matt Rule publicly came out. And like I said, I, I feel like he was kind of saying, you know what? Come here. Let me show you what's in the skeletons. Let me, let me show you what we have to deal with. But also, it's a public plea to the donors of saying, hey, don't, 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 don't come at me and say, why aren't we winning? And why aren't we competing with those other schools like we used to back in the day? And Matt Rule's going to say, it's because I don't have a quarterback. And you don't give me enough time to have a freshman come in and develop him in two and three years because you're firing me after a year or two when I don't do well. So what I have to do is I got to jump in this portal and go get me a junior quarterback that's played at another big-time program who can come in here and start right now and give us a leg up on the competition. Well, you get what you pay for. You get what you pay for. You pay for trash, you get trash. You pray for quality, you get quality. And Matt Rule came out and he said, the going rate right now in the portal for a quarterback that is worth using that portal scholarship for $1.5 to $2 million. Minimum on the low end for the low. And the greater that quarterback's name is, the more money he's looking to get. And now if he's really good, and there are teams that are looking for a quarterback, what ends up happening is Nebraska now has to fight off Texas A&M. Nebraska has to fight off Texas or, 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 or Michigan or Ohio State. Georgia, Alabama, Florida State, Oregon, Colorado. Name the price. This is what the portal has become. It has become free agency. And whoever can orchestrate the best deal, whoever can come up with the most money, gets the best players. And then everyone else, you take what's left over. And when you have teams like A&M who have long bags, Texas, long bags, Georgia, long bags, Alabama, long bags, Michigan, Ohio. When you have those programs, bags long. The bag is Oregon, Nike money, <laughs> bags long. That is what the portal has become. And these kids are standing on business, literally. You want me? And that's college basketball. It's college football, too. Football, basketball, it's all of it. And that's what the portal has become. It has be, become, and I'm not mad to players. I'm not. I am not mad to players. Go get your bread, young fellas. 
This game takes enough away from you. The schools and the NCAA have far long made millions and billions of dollars over time on the backs of these players. And I know some of y'all going to look at this thing and be like, but you get a scholarship. The hell with that scholarship. The hell with that room and board. $60,000 a year. But you got a, but you got a, a, a 100,000 seat stadium that they coming to see me. They ain't coming to see you. So you, you can take that 60 grand that you can give me for my scholarship and, and covering my room and board and, and, and giving me that cafeteria food because you it, it always is the same thing. You only pay us or pay out a small percentage of what you bring in. So if I'm helping packing out this 100 street stadium, 100,000 seat stadium, you think I care because you gave me a quarter of a million dollars in four years in scholarships, room and board, and, and cafeteria food? No. When you made billions, hundreds of millions probably, I shouldn't say billions, but hundreds of millions? No. Y'all saw the Johnny documentary. Waco built the whole new damn stadium off the back of RG3. And what do you get? Florida State won a national championship on the back of Jameis Winston. And he had to steal crab legs. Coaches are making five, six, seven, eight, nine, the high ones, 10, 11 million dollars a year. Schools are firing coaches and having to pay them 30, 40. What they owe Jimbo? 70? 70 plus. They owe him one man. They owe one man. One man they owe $76 million to, and they fired him and said, go away. <laughs> Don't tell me about, about money of our players. But this portal is, 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 is insane. And, and that's what the NCAA, uh, that, that, that's, what, that's what you guys wanted. To keep it in the college realm, this this is my <clears throat> this, this is my this is my old man get off my lawn moment because I do believe that and I'm forty I sound like I sound like Gundy I'm a man I'm forty but I'm forty years old. Raised by my grandmother. Came up in a time that there was no social media. And I'm not saying that my, my, my age group and all that kind of stuff was the, was the best. But boy, have we gotten soft. S-O-F capital T. Soft. We've gotten soft. We've gotten soft as a culture, as a country, as a as a as as a as a as a whole, just soft, can't say nothing, can't can't. Everyone's offended. I, I mean, we've gotten soft. 
And we, we're seeing it at an all-time high in some of these young athletes today. And frankly, it's kind of scary because it's only going to get worse because these soft young adults that we're seeing now are going to become the adults of the country. And if at every turn it's, well, you just you can't say that to me, and you can't, you, I, I need an opportunity, and, and uh, don't yell at me, and it's just, uh, I just feel like that. I'm not saying that 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 it's everybody, but it's a large majority. And social media shows us that it tells us that. And this is another situation where I looked at and I go, boy, we are. A losing society. We are soft. <laughs> we, 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 we lack accountability. We don't want to hold anybody accountable. We don't want to, we don't, we don't want to be tough on anybody because God forbid. Might offend them. You might be a little bit too hard on little Johnny, a little Jamie. Little Sarah, little Jasmine, little Anna, little Alex. You might be a little bit too hard on them. I'm not talking about physically. But you might be a little bit too hard on them, and guess what? Oh, can't do that. Take your job away. They'll put you in, 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 in public court. They'll, they'll put you in the court of public opinion. They'll cancel you. You'll be canceled. You will be canceled. Now, there are some, some things that go on in this world that just are foul and, and, and should be addressed. But, I, but I, I, was, I, was, I was perusing through some articles, and I saw this, and, and it blew my mind. I thought it was a joke. I did. I, I, I swear to God. I swear to God. I thought it was a joke. On Wednesday, Louisville head coach Kenny Payne was in his post-game presser, and one of his freshman sensations didn't play much in the first half. Ended up coming in in the second half and playing a good game. And so the reporters would say, hey, did something happen? Uh, uh, um, Tyler Johnson didn't play much. Did he miss some defensive uh, uh, sets? Was something else going on? Because he, he didn't play much in the first half. And I was shocked at what Coach Kenny Payne proceeded to say. He said, "You do you want the honest answer? And they're like, yeah. And Coach said, I probably shouldn't say this, but Tyler Johnson, he didn't know if he wanted to play. We didn't have the tights that he wanted that we've never had for him. And he decided, I don't feel like I can go. Coach Payne concluded that quote and said, that's what young people do.
What? Now, I may be a hypocrite. Because there was a time in old young Jay Holly's life, and it's documented. Shout out to the Star Ledger. And when I read this article, I looked up where Payne is from. He's from the Northeast. He went to St. Benedict's in New Jersey. He's in my, you know, Estes County, Union County. I was like, dang, uh, up north, brother. But I read this and I thought, boy, are we soft. That boy said, I didn't feel like I can go because I didn't have the right tights. And I partially blame Coach Payne, and I don't blame Coach Payne because I understand what it is now. I don't know if Tyler Johnson has an NIL deal. <laughs> but if Tyler got an NIL deal, the boots say, hey, Coach, uh-uh. Pay him $500,000. You will play him. That's a real thing. But I blame Coach Payne because there needs to be, I feel, a, a level of kind of going back to my man um, Mike Singletary. Mike, Mike Singletary, yeah. Can't win with him. Can't, remember, he, remember he sent he, he, he sent his tight end in the, back in the locker room. Said, get off my field. Said, I can't win with him. Won't coach him. Won't play with him. He said, I'd rather be penalized up and down the field for 10 men on the field than to play with 11 with the kid that I knew was not doing what he was supposed to do. And Coach Payne played him in the second half. And the kid had a good game in the second half. But he didn't want to play because he didn't have his tights. And I thought, I, you know what? Sometimes we need a little bit of accountability. I remember back in my high school days, I was styling and profiling. Old young Jay Holly was nice. It's documented. Old Jay Holly was nice. But there was a time where I was playing basketball, and me and my best friend, Davon Page, and one of our other friends, Mike Fryer, we had went and we had got these headbands. Now the rules were it was already in set, it was already in stone for, for the for the program. If you're going to wear something outside of like a brace, ankle braces, knee braces, wrist brace, something like that, that the other team, the rest of the team didn't have, you couldn't do it. I.e., a headband. And we have found these, man, these Jordan headbands. We had to fresh Jordans on our feet. And, and our, we put we bought these headbands. We only bought one for each other. One for mom, me, one for Mike, one for Davey. And we like, oh, we're going we gonna to be, we gonna kill them at this game. We put these on it, match our uniform, had our school colors on it. And I remember putting, getting dressed, Mike getting dressed, Davey getting, and we, and we sat down and we were in the locker room waiting for the game to start. And we got our headbands on. Like, remember Darius Smile and Quentin Richardson? We was like, ooh, yeah, let's go. And Coach walked in there, and he kind of did a double take, and he looked at us, and he said, what y'all doing? We like, take them headbands off. Yeah, you know the rules. And we both, all three of us, we sit there, we're strong. And he's on the board, he's writing on the board. Shout out to Coach Shaw. He's writing on the board. 
And he turns back around and he goes, he used some choice words, but basically, y'all ain't hear what I said? Take the headbands off or you're not playing. And Davey kind of took his headband off and Mike kept his on and I kept mine on. And he said, Fry, did you hear what I said? And then Mike, oh, man, took his headband off and I was sitting there. Best player on the team. I'm the star. I'm Jesse Holly. I'm Hollywood. I ain't taking my headband off. Forget those rules, man. The rules whack. And Coach Shaw said, I will quit this job before I let you dictate what we do in this program. Don't care how good you are. We will lose this game because you will not play. You will not play. You know the rules and you 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 adamantly disobeyed them. And I ended up not playing that game. He told me to go get dressed. And I sat in the stands. My grandmother came to the game and she's looking for me on the court and they're like, he up there in the stands, right behind you. And she cussed me out and she told me I was wrong. My leadership was bad. It didn't look good. You know the rules. But coach took a stand. And he says, you're not going to do this to me or this team when you know what it is. And there was a level of accountability that was held up. And I think we're living in a time where accountability is so fleeting. And when you look at this situation where a kid said, I don't know if I'm, I want to play because I don't have the right tights. He would have had to catch an Uber home. You can't even ride on my team bus. I would have put you in an Uber. That's just me personally. Now, maybe I might not, be, I might not have had a job. And that's fine. But at some point in time, there has to be a, a stand taken. Because this generation is, is, is you can't say nothing to them. You can't, you can't challenge them. You can't. You, you, you can't hold them accountable because mom and daddy want to come and question you. They, they, they want to call home and now you got to have a, a parent-teacher conference because of playing time and all that kind of stuff. Or, or, or they do now, they do and they jump in the portal. And they go, well, he, he's unfair and, and I'm not getting all the chances that I should get here. And I, don't, I know that I messed up and I know that I don't study well and I know that I don't practice hard and I know that my grades aren't the best and I know that I'm a mess and I know that I'm, I'm not a good leader and I half A it on my workouts and I know all this stuff. But, but, but coach, he ain't fair. And so what I'm, I'm out. I'm going to the portal. And there's coaches like Kenny Payne who goes, well, I played them in the second half. What does that say to the rest of your football team? And your basketball team, excuse me. When you publicly come out and say a guy thought he couldn't go because we didn't have tights. Now, I understand it. There's always going to be a, a, a talent versus tolerance. Always. Always. If you talented enough, we going to tolerate a little bit more. If you can hoop, Real good, we're going to tolerate you not going to class or being a jerk or having bad leadership. Same way in the league. Dudes get second and third chances. NBA, 
You can whoop your wife. Smack a girl. You can whoop. Get back out there. It ain't it ain't until your skills diminish to a point where they don't need you anymore. They go, ah, don't hold no value anymore. We don't have to put up with your nonsense. Oh, but if your if your if your if your value is high, boy. And I and I saw the situation and I just said, we are a lost society. We are soft. It is insane. My grandmother held me accountable. She said, you are wrong. You were, I don't care how bad you felt like you should be able to wear that headband. You are wrong. And he should have kicked you off the bench. And he should have made you go get dressed. And you will apologize to coach. And you will apologize to your team. And if he doesn't let you back on the team, guess what? You're going to come to watch every game regardless because you were wrong. Now, that's grandma. I, I, ain't many parents that have said, parents will go, well, but let my baby wear that headband. And y'all being, you, 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 it's just, no, no, no. It is a soft society, and this is another example of it. I don't know that young man. I hope this young man has taken this as a lesson and he's learned from it. But this is a small example of a larger problem that we have in society today. There is no accountability. Jokers is soft. They being raised by soft parents. So they soft. It is a, it is a lineage of Charmin. That is being developed. Not all, but a large majority. As someone who's been an athletic director for seven years, I seen it. I seen it. The meetings that I've had to have with parents over nonsense, but then I meet with them, and then I see the kid do the things that I was trying to nip in the bud to the parent. I go, oh, oh. It makes sense now. Let them go, well, what do you mean? Well, if he, well, if she talks back to you, the hell you think she going to do to me? The hell you think he going to do to me and to my coaches? He and she think it's okay to talk back to you. To sit in this meeting and they sit in the meeting and they like this. <sighs> my grandmother would have knocked the teeth out the back of my throat. And instead of you holding your kid accountable, you make excuses for them. You know how many times I've had parents reach out to me about something about their kids? Or how many times I've had to have, you know, parents be like, well, so-and-so said that so-and-so. And I go, why so-and-so can't say that? And you coddle them and you hold their hand. And you don't give them a true sense of what the world is. Unfortunately, we're going to eventually be taken over by the soft, by the softies. And the world will be run by the softies. But a lot of times, 
You are setting your young people up for failure. The world is hard, difficult, unkind, vicious, relentless. And if you keep setting up a culture and a lineage of Charmin soft kids, we're in big trouble. We are in big, big trouble. And I see it more often than I like to. And because I'm around sports, I cover sports, I'm involved in it private, uh, uh, professionally, privately, it, it, it is one that is truly a head scratcher. And I'll end on that. I'll end on that. And then we'll pick up some of the other stuff next week. But boy, we 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 soft. S-O-F capital T. Soft. And if we don't change that now, we're gonna keep creating a softer and softer and softer generation. I ain't saying you gotta abuse them and beat on them, but there needs to be a level of accountability. Kid says, I don't want to play because I don't have the right tights. What? Get off my team. Bye. 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 <laughs> there's no room for this. Because now you now publicly, there's 11 other guys in this roster, 12 other guys in this roster that seen what happened. And they, didn't, they may not do the same thing you did, but now they're going to push the limits of seeing try to, the, 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 the nonsense. Can't build programs like that. Can't have culture like that. That joke would have had an Uber home from that game. No way you're getting on my team bus for that. All right, man, I'm up out of here. You guys enjoy your weekend. We'll be back next week. Um, thank you, thank you, thank you for, for continuing. Tell a friend or tell a friend. Make me a part of your everyday life. And uh, remember, never let anyone tell you that their lives are better than yours because it's your life. And allow your private discipline to have public results of success. Eliminate the contingencies. I'm out!